Welcome back to Overexerted, a Locana podcast brought to you by Two Tired Sats. I'm Charles. And I'm Ben. And we're your hosts. On today's episode, we're joined by Surreal, aka George. How you doing today, George? I'm doing pretty good. How you guys doing? We're doing awesome. For those of you that don't know, Surreal is the creator of the Dreamborn.inc website. Uh, one of the best sites for deck building, keeping track of your collection, keeping track of trades. Like you just keep adding features. It's uh, really been awesome to see the site grow. Yeah, thanks. Trying to keep it useful for folks. Yeah, I saw the uh, the trade tab get added there and I was like, I got to get this guy on. Nobody's talking about the trade tab yet. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's actually a funny story. Like my, uh, so I generally go to my LGS with my 12 year old cousin and kind of, she was trading with folks, you know, kind of just, you know, I love this character or whatever. It's like, I was like, ah, you shouldn't have made that trade. And I didn't tell her that because, you know, she doesn't really care about the value of these cards. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I'm like, I need a tool for, you know, especially the younger, newer players that aren't sure what things are worth, just so that at least they can do sanity check when they trade. Mm -hmm. I know I've actually personally used it a couple times on trades. I used it tonight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was at League tonight. Uh, what did I trade? I traded two Maui hero to alls and a brave little tailor for two beasts relentless. Um, uh, the Madame Mim legendary and then like, uh, the rabbit hole card and a gruesome and grim, mm. you know, when you have so many cards, I had like five cards I was trading for. It's just hard to math. Yeah. It's hard to math. What can I say? It's hard to keep track of it all. Yeah. So it's awesome. to just have a cool little tool. Type it in. It's uh, it's useful for me too, because like, partly like when I'm trading, I also don't want to rip off the other person, right? Mm -hmm. It's like I want to have a fair trade for both parties, because you know you're going to see those folks week in week out, probably at your LGS nights and whatnot, and so I just want to make it fair. So yeah, good folks find it useful. What inspired you to build a website for Lurkana? Oh wow, uh, that's a big question. Um, how long you guys got? So. <laughs> Um, I guess maybe let, let me start a step earlier. Like, why Lorcana for me, if, if I could? Yeah, um, please. So I'm. I used to play Magic: The Gathering back in the '90s, like when I was a teenager, and uh, I actually haven't played it since then. But um, every year, I would kind of go home for uh, the holidays, and my brother and I would actually pick up our old cards from the '90s and start playing Magic. Um, that was kind of our go-to at holidays. Mm -hmm. So a few years ago, um, my parents' house was caught up in the uh, Colorado wildfires. And so like all the magic cards were gone and started kind of going through the insurance claims and all that. And uh, I didn't realize how much the cards were actually worth, but kind of, you know, the insurance covered a good chunk of them. Mm -hmm. um, and so, uh, but we kind of needed something new to play. And um, so I also had a daughter and then I saw the art for the D23 cards. I'm like, wow. I love the artwork. You know, I'm not one of the huge Disney fans, like a lot of uh, folks at Pillar kind of are. But I saw that art, and I'm like, this is awesome. I don't, I, I don't really want to get back into magic, you know, after 30 years or whatever. It's way too complicated for me nowadays. Yeah. And having a, a young daughter, I'm like, hey, maybe she'd enjoy playing this someday. And so uh, that's kind of how it started for me is like the, the D23 card and seeing those. And it just lined up perfectly with my desire to play a TCG. So you had folks like Mushu and Artem and folks creating really awesome sites, and I still love their sites. Um, 
for uh, Locana and folks, you know, that are capable of being, uh, streaming YouTube or podcasters like yourself and like a bunch of folks. And that's not me, unfortunately. Um, so the one thing I can do kind of is code stuff. And so at the time, there were no deck builders for Lorcana. And so I'm like, well, okay, that's something I can build. You know, I want the game to succeed. I think it'll be fun. And so kind of about a year ago, a little more than a year ago, actually, is when I created the site. Nice. That's awesome. And I love the story of what got you into Lorcana. I feel like both of us got into Lorcana for very similar reasons. Obviously, on Ben's side, he is more of a Disney fan. Mm-hmm. But I definitely resonate with, like, seeing the artwork and uh for me knowing that like this game is going to bring people out that uh don't normally don't necessarily have like an mtg background or anything yeah um even though i certainly do to see the game grow you know you have to reach beyond that yeah um and much like you said hopefully someday my son wants to play with me (laughs) (laughs) yeah i was gonna say for me it was definitely also similar to you guys with like a little bit of background in magic the gathering but i found that like anytime i went to a tournament or anything like that it was like these guys have been playing for 10 15 years and i've been playing for two or three and i'm just getting smoked and this is not fun so i was like i kind of want to start into something new and yeah similar but also you guys were probably more advanced in the magic field than i was maybe i was probably I stopped playing about 97, 98, so I don't know. I was probably pretty rusty. Um, but but I also love the diversity it brings to the LGSs, too. Like, mm-hmm. That's just awesome to see, you know, whether it's mm-hmm. kids or women, or, you know, just the broad diversity we see nowadays. So it's encouraging. You know, there's a huge untapped market, I suspect, also, just in terms of Disney fans and folks that would be interested to play but maybe turned off by the scene a little bit. So hopefully for yeah, you I feel like the community has been very inviting more so than other games I've tried to play in the past yeah. where it's like, Hey, just sit down and play. Like we have extra decks, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to pay any money. Just come play with us. We won't want people to play. Mm-hmm. It's funny. I think one of the things that surprises people is like, even though I run a deck building site, a lot of times when I go to LGS is I mostly just play starters. Like I have solid decks too. But for the longest time, I only took starters because most of the people I was playing against actually only had starters. And it's just not fun to just stomp people, frankly. Mm-hmm. It's not an interesting game. So, um, yeah, like, it's great to see new people. Yeah. Do you do a lot of deck building yourself or are you more of a net decker? Oh, that's an interesting question. Um, somewhere in the middle, I think. Um, so, like... Um, I don't know that I ever, like, I have a lot of ideas for decks that I want to create. And so I'll start creating a lot of decks. And rather than creating maybe full decks, I might create more like packages or whatever they're called. Okay. Um, so, yeah. for example, like an Amethyst bounce, bounce package. Like, hey, here's the 15 to 30 cards, whatever, that fit together in that. And then um, I might look at some of the net deck ideas to see, like, hey, what's popular? What counters what's popular? All that kind of stuff. What looks fun to play? Um, and then I might look at my own packages or my own decks and kind of put something similar together. Um, on occasion, I might actually, you know, take one of those decks wholesale and just try it out and see like, Hey, what works in this deck? What doesn't work in this deck? Um, try and kind of pick it apart by playing it a little bit, I guess. Um, and that works for me. Um, but to give you an example, like Ruby Amethyst in set one, I was not attracted to at all. Just the control heavy, you know, 
was not attracted to. But like the set two bounce version of it is much more fun for me. Um, that said, I still don't actually play that most of the time. I, I like the Mufasa decks just because they're a little bit gambling, but fun. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Um, it varies. How about you guys? You know, I'd like to say I do a lot of deck building, uh, but I mostly do a lot of net decking uh, and then tweaking. Yeah. You know, like take a list. I like this. What things would I like to change to make it my own? Uh, when I was younger, I did a lot more deck building, but I just don't have nearly the time that is required to. Like, I'll I'll build casual decks, no problem. I'll throw together something for fun to play between me and my wife. But like, if I'm trying to be competitive, like it takes a lot of play testing, and I just I just don't find the time currently. I'm a bit of both. I uh, try to build my own, but also, like Charles was saying, with the uh, two kids and the wife, it's kind of hard to always find the time to build your own, so I'll do the net deck tweak as well sometimes. Uh, usually early on into like a, a league season, I'll do a lot of like build my own, and then as time progresses and people start finding like little niches, I'm like, okay, well, let's let's see what else we can play that isn't isn't Ruby Amethyst. <laughs> but uh is still somewhat popular. Yeah, I think one of the one of the things that I enjoy um it's kind of ancillary I guess to net decking but like watching videos of people playing decks. So mm-hmm. one of the things I added to the site was uh like just a tab in the decks where you know it kind of prioritizes decks that have videos associated with them. I will literally mm-hmm. just go through my own site and kind of watch videos that content creators create of various decks and how they play because for a similar a reason to yourselves you know having kids it's like i don't have time to play so many games on pixel born or even in person and so it's like it's fun for me to watch some of the highlights and that also helps me understand like oh how does that deck work and what are the parts of that deck that i like and what are the parts of that deck that i probably wouldn't want to play and things like that yeah. yeah i actually noticed that the other day when i was looking up some decks i was like whoa is this video thing new or something because i haven't seen this before on some of the ones i've been looking at but yeah, I was like, oh, man, I got to actually come back and start watching these. Yeah, I'm actually learning about this feature for the very first time. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I, I hope it brings views or whatever <laughs> to content creators, too. So I hope it's like a win-win. Like, folks that want to watch videos and learn, there's a centralized place to do it. And at the same time, content creators get their views to you know, get more subscribers and stuff. So it's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. May I ask? What is the list tab? Yeah, so it's funny. So initially, folks were asking for ways to organize decks, like group them together. And I didn't really have a good sense of how people wanted to group decks together. So I literally just threw it out there as kind of a catch-all. It's like, okay, if you want to take a set of decks and put them together in a list, this is how you can do it. And I tried to build some structure around it, trying to understand what were people using it for. Um, and initially I was like trying to put it in like, okay, a category of tournaments. I think a category of like meta decks, but people ended up using it for completely different ways that were very personal for them, I think. Um, and, and people find very unique ways to use the site in general. Um, some people use decks to track their actual collection and things like that. So, um, I actually had started to remove it and replace it with a more structured kind of tournament structure. That also didn't really fit well with how people wanted to use it. So all that list is kind of nowadays is it's actually just uh, some structure around a list of decks, and you can kind of 
track them yourselves. I had actually removed it, and folks complained, nice. so I added it back. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, I thought I was I thought it was for a list of cards that wasn't a deck, and I was trying to figure out why I didn't understand how to use this feature. Yeah. <laughs> One of the funny things, like as you create stuff, um, some things just don't work, right? You try something and you have an idea for it and it just doesn't work. And mm -hmm. um, sometimes you can kind of get rid of it. Um, and that was one where I'm like, eh, I don't think this really worked how I envisioned it. So I'm going to kind of rethink it and go for a more holistic solution here. Um, but at the same time, some folks were using it and kind of dependent on it for different use cases so like oh can you add it back to told you no you better leave it. yeah so, so i added it back and i kind of made it private so you can see your own lists but lists are no longer public because nobody really seemed to use them as a meaningful public thing so um mm. yeah that's what it is today next iterations of it i'm not sure um by the way like one of the things that i always love is to hear folks ideas for what they want to see in terms of tools and stuff like that okay Okay, I didn't want to turn this episode into a wish list, <laughs> but you've opened the box. Yeah, okay, yeah, please. In the trade tool, I was using it. Uh, I think it'd be cool if it like um, at the bottom, it just kind of put the cards like artwork, just so oh, yeah. it was it was hard to tell which side of the trade was which yeah. when I was putting it together. Yeah, uh, you have to pay attention, I guess, yeah. more. Um, so, uh, some way so that at a glance, I can see these are the cards I've added on my side and these are the cards on their side. Um, and I don't know if that's because I was on the mobile versus the desktop. I haven't tried using it on desktop, but that's, uh, that's one I got for you. One thing I love that you did add is the deck registration to be able to just like print out, Hey, here's my deck list for a tournament. That is an awesome feature. Was that something that was requested by the community? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Like we have our own discord and, uh, um, yeah, somebody kind of asked for it. I'm like, hmm, I wonder how hard that actually is to do. And so it wasn't, I'll say like a, sometimes like I have things where it's like, you know, there's huge demand for it or it's like, Oh, this is really overdue and I'll prioritize that. That one, it just sounded like a fun little side thing to do. And so I spent a day kind of building it. It's like, Oh, it's easier than I thought to actually do it once I have the deck information. And so I kind of just rolled it out. Um, I think it's one that yeah may be useful in the future, especially as the organized play program rolls out or the, yeah. the tournament structures and stuff. Do you plan to play more competitively? Oh gosh, I wish I had time. Some of yourselves, <laughs> it's like so hard to find. Um, yeah. Like with my wife being due, it's like, I don't know when I will get to, to go to my league night next even. So um, maybe at some point in the future, you know, maybe when my daughter, or my future son when they're old enough to kind of go with me that'd be cool um i have a young young cousin like i mentioned that i play with and so um you know if she's into going maybe if i can find the time that'd be cool but i'm not one of those hardcore folks that just gonna travel around the country or whatever hitting up regionals or something um, oh certainly not but i mean like seattle will get a regionals do you plan to go to that if i can yeah That'd be yeah, fun. That's fair. If we can, it's like, the truth, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Like, and, and frankly, like I would go to it even if I had, and I probably have zero chance of winning, but I would go to it just to meet people, you know, mm -hmm. meet yeah. folks in the community and whatnot. And um, I think it'd be very cool. And trade. I love trading yeah. too. You know, trading is underrated. hundred percent. And I think, uh, you know, being in Robinsberger's backyard here in Seattle, 
like um, I'm hoping that we see kind of more and more events locally, you know, PAX West and things like that too. Oh, don't give me. I was so disappointed that they weren't. I know. <laughs> me too. I think we talked about this actually back then. Like yeah. <laughs> we, we were trying to uh, convince or encourage, I don't know, folks to go to Pax, uh, Robinsburg or folks to come to Pax Flex. Yeah, I heard year. a rumor they were in Germany that week for yeah. like Lorcan over there. So, yeah. yeah. But you know, some of the uh, artists are coming to Emerald City Comic Con in a couple weeks too. Mm. Oh my gosh, Emerald City Comic Con. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, not something uh, I'll be I'll able to be attend. Working. But if you guys are <laughs> oh, is it Saturday and Sunday? I'm not sure, but it's the same weekend my wife is Sunday. due. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're in trouble. Yeah, yeah you're done. Yeah. You're not going. <laughs> nope. Uh, do you guys know uh, it's a boy or a girl? It's a boy, yeah. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. We're so happy. Like having one of each, too, is kind of this, the gambit. Mm-hmm. Is there anything upcoming on the site that you'd like to to spoil to the community? You know, a little teaser. <laughs> you know, I wish I had a better plan of what's next. Um, honestly, I'm just trying to keep my head above water with uh, the set three reveals because um, those are consuming most of my time at the moment. Um, then, kind of longer term, I want to think about like I'd mentioned that the with the lists, I've been thinking about a more holistic solution. Um, I kind of want to learn more about the pain points folks have. So I'll share some of my pain points and these aren't necessarily things I'll build, but some of the things that I've personally felt, um, okay. melee, right? Melee is not that easy to use. And, um, I think the folks that run the tournaments and stuff like it. Um, but for me, like starting out, right. I, I haven't played games in forever. I've never used melee before. I just wanted mm-hmm. to find local events and I, couldn't find local events in the thing like it doesn't have it's like, terrible for that yeah mm-hmm. I, I just want to find things near me um yeah, if somebody else via no yeah. base search they i have found yeah. at least yeah exactly and like even though i quote unquote follow my lgs on melee now i still can't actually it's hard for me to actually find their events even on it so um if somebody else solves it that's great then i won't need to um i'm hoping frankly that robinsburg even solves it like hey just have something on the companion app where I can go in and say, show me events in my area in the next couple of weeks or whatever. To be honest, I think the only thing LGS is like about melee is that Ravensburger worked out a deal where the stores don't have to pay anything to use it. No. And what Ravensburger likes about it is uh, they got to get all the metadata yeah. so they can see what stores are hosting events, how many people are playing. And I bet they, could get even more data i don't know i don't know how much data they get because like we don't i don't put in what deck i'm playing or anything yeah but you know they get a ton of metadata about the game anyways yeah so i'm sure they like it for that but yeah it's certainly the user interface leaves something to be desired yeah so so like one of the the, like the key pay point for me is just finding events right and it's like again somebody solves it i have a million other things i'd love to go build but if not that might be something i try and do Event search. I love it. Mm-hmm. That's, that's big. Yeah, it's uh, not easy because it's a, uh, I guess it's a two-sided problem, right? Where you need LGSs to actually put their events in there and you also need users to kind of be searching for those events to connect the two. Um, so, um, I don't know, like somebody asked me, like, would you scrape Melee? It's like, generally, that's not something I would do, but maybe, like, just to make it 
useful to folks because they have a lot of stuff on their site, but I don't know. Like, yeah. At this point, it's literally just a, an idea. So. Yeah, it's hard. You have to, I mean, you'd want to talk to them to get permission to do that. That's an interesting idea. One thing I do want, and I asked you a long time ago for this, but I feel like it's probably fallen off the wayside. I want to be able to draw cards from the deck up. Ah, uh, yes. So, uh, some background uh, for folks. There, there used to be a draw simulator um, on the site, and that was probably like six months ago at this point. And I did a complete rewrite of the 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 site. Actually, I think right before the first set launched. And so that's something that I have yet to migrate over. And uh, I've worked on it a few times since then. And it's actually close, but it's never quite there. Um, and I think there's a lot of stuff that folks want, even beyond just the, the draw simulation, right? Some folks want to be able to kind of play through the whole deck or draw through the whole deck or things like that. And so but I need to get even just the basic thing, like, hey, show me my opening hand. Let me mulligan and let me you know try that a few times with this deck just to see how it feels right and uh, so it's definitely coming um okay okay it's not actually that far away it's funny every time somebody asked me every few weeks somebody asked me about it and i'm like i have to go back and check why i wasn't able to launch it i spend like some time working on it <laughs> there's some bug that i can't get over and i'm like ah and uh, then i have to put it back on the back burner while something you know higher priority whether it's an act like a breaking bug or set three releases or whatever i'm um, definitely on my list okay okay well there you guys have it potentially event planner draw simulator is certainly coming yeah <laughs> for sure charles is coming um, out here with the good ideas i'm sitting here going what if there was a way to flip a coin so i could see who goes first <laughs> i was like i can't think of anything i'm on the spot here it's tough well, like folks have asked me about like lore trackers and it's like, I think the companion app does a pretty darn good job of that. And like mm-hmm. as a website, I can't keep your screen on. So it'd be like the companion app before they fix that. Right. Yeah. Um, so uh-huh. that wouldn't be great. You know, coin flipper, maybe, I don't know. Like, but yeah, even if there's small things like that, that trade tab, like that's a pretty small thing that I found useful, but I'm totally open to those kind of ideas too. Yeah. What have you been enjoying playing the most? In terms of ink colors, uh, it kind of depends what I'm playing against. Honestly, um, <laughs> like I mentioned, the uh, Mufasa decks are really interesting. Like whether it's kind of the amber ruby version or the uh, amber em- uh, emerald version, like they're both pretty fun. Um, but like sometimes, like if I get somebody who's a bit sweaty and playing, you know, ruby amethyst, then I'll probably break mm-hmm. out a ruby amethyst deck that's built to fight ruby amethyst decks if you will um, oh you want a mirror match <laughs> yeah like you know i'm i'm not that good but still it's fun to like fight fire with fire sometimes i guess um, yeah 100 percent. yeah so uh, mufasa is pretty effective at that but um in terms of kind of like though you know take the ruby amethyst out of the picture uh if that wasn't a thing so i lean towards uh amber emerald more on the kind of uh, set one aggro side with Cusco's and whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But especially with set three coming, I'm, I keep eyeing Sapphire Amethyst now. So we'll, we'll see how set three plays out. But that's really interesting mm-hmm. to me at this point. Purple, blue. Okay, okay. Do you think Ruby Amethyst is a problem? Like, do you think the deck is too good? It was bad for the game. I, personally, I actually don't. And, you know, 
I understand why people feel that way, but I I do feel a little bit like how do I put it? It almost has like a outsized uh, reputation. I feel like mm-hmm. like I don't think it's actually as necessarily strong as people think it is, but because people think it's strong, a lot of people play it in competitive mm-hmm. scenes, and because a lot of people play it in competitive scenes, it dominates the ladder, right? So, yeah, like. Um, I'm personally not actually convinced the meta has been quote unquote solved. And I just don't know that we've had enough time or, you know, enough people playing enough games to really truly solve it. Like you see uh, Sapphire Steel come in and, you know, start knocking down some of them and stuff. Um, and kind of the, the aggro versions of uh, uh, Amber Steel kind of making a case for things. Um, but one of the things that I do like, so I think one of the things people didn't like is that set one and set two both were kind of dominated by ruby amethyst one of the things i like is i actually can consider them significantly different decks like that set thank one you. yeah that's, thank you that set one version is very controlling and i did not like playing that or playing against it frankly and isn't that what i say all the time that is true <laughs> two completely different decks yeah, it, happen to be the same ink. they exactly. share very few cards exactly exactly i mean be prepared but still like that's not the and maui yeah exactly but it's not the it's end all be on the other side you yeah know, but yeah but it's like, like that's that literally like 15 cards that are it, shared exactly that whole bounce package is totally different and it comes in those uh aggro flavors which i actually kind of like you know they're kind of fun to, to pull out sometimes i saw somebody 100%. was you know effectively tricking people into thinking they're the control version but they're actually playing the aggro version people make bad decisions as a result it's really interesting that's that's hilarious. Yeah. I mean, it even took us like a month to figure out like, and then all of a sudden people are like, Oh, Merlin crab's actually good. It goes yeah. in the bounce deck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> took us a month to decide that. And now you see a lot more Merlin crab. Yeah. yeah. And then exactly. you saw just Minnie mouse. And then finally people were like, Oh, we need fidget to get rid of Minnie mouse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, like, I, I'm happy that set three is coming out now. Um, like, but I also don't have a problem with the current state of the world. Like I think it's fun, mm-hmm. but it's going to get even more interesting, you know, with set three coming out because locations had a really big twist and folks see some really interesting card combinations, right? The Jafar yeah. the world or the Magicka lucky dime, these kind of combos. And they're like, what? This is game breaking, but I'm actually not convinced that we really understand the impacts of locations yet. And what that's going to mean to the game and something that may have, just been game breaking or something in set two may not actually have that much impact in set three. We'll see. No, I totally agree. Um, and I have not like play tested at all with any of the cards yet. I just want to see the full set and yeah. really get to experience it. We're at this crazy time in this game too, where like set two literally doubled the number of cards we had. Mm-hmm. And now set three is adding 50% more cards. Mm-hmm. Like in, in two, three years, a new set is not going to completely shake up the game because there's established decks that are still going to be strong, might get a new card, you know? Um, So people don't even know what like a truly stale meta is. Like if you remember magic for a whole year or more, uh, this deck could be dominant (laughs) and look basically the same unless they ban a card. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, Um, it's, I mean, it's interesting to me that folks are kind of already calling for bands of be prepared or whole new world or what have you. But like, it's not even on my radar that those are things. It's just like, 
you know, I wouldn't no. touch that at all until we get at least a year plus into the game because who knows how it's going to change over the coming set. Also, there's huge repercussions if you ban Be Prepared and like yeah. now there's no punishment for go wide strategy. Oh, yeah, yeah, 100%. Huge repercussions. Yeah. <laughs> and, and now, like, you see things like Chernobog coming in, right? Where it's like, hey, yeah, you want to play a Be Prepared? Well, that has implications potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, I think that they may be solving some of the quote-unquote problems or imbalance whatever you want to call it by just adding cards that are fun and interesting so we'll mm-hmm. see we'll see how it plays out i always turn into a villain whenever somebody says uh ban a card i'm always just like right away into villain mode i just turn i'm like did you just say ban be prepared and they're like yeah i'm like get good scrub figure out a way around <laughs> it <laughs> yeah Exactly, and it makes you think. Both like both cards, be prepared in a whole new world. They really make you think about how you're playing. Mm-hmm. And there's a little bit of poker and uh, bluffing in there, right? Where it's like you may be bluffing that you have a be prepared in a whole new world when you don't really have it. And like that's an interesting twist to the game. So I like it actually. So yeah, I, played I don't want to see any of them banned. Yeah, yeah, I played against somebody who was just trying to make me deck out, and uh, I was playing a very draw heavy deck that had extra cards in it, anyways. So I was like. Even if they try and make me deck out, I'm going to have extra. But because I was quickly drawing and they held on to the, the whole new world and I was thinking like, oh man, they must not have one because I haven't seen one. We're like halfway through the deck. And then it was just like whole new world, drawn to whole new world, drawn to whole new world. And I'm like, oh, I got six cards left. This feels <laughs> yeah, really bad. Can go like that. It can <laughs> definitely go like that. Yeah. Well, should we take a little pack break? Let's see. What what, do you, what uh, characters do you guys have on your packs? Uh, I have the Beast. Uh, I have a Queen of Hearts. I also have a Queen of Hearts and a Beast. Ooh. I actually have two Queen of Hearts, but... <laughs> oh. oh, now you guys are just showing off. Okay, I'm down to one pack here, okay? <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll open a Beast. That way it's two Queen of Hearts, two Beasts. There we go. There you go. What am I going to do next week? I have to go... No, my store was out of packs. I was going to buy a pack. I mean, I guess I have a trove I could open. I've been holding on to. I have to say, I'm very proud of myself for holding off and opening these because I got them like a week ago. They've been sitting in my pocket. Like, and I'm like, I usually don't have that kind of restraint. So I'm proud of myself. <laughs> you must be filling out. How is your Rise of the Floodborne collection coming? Do you have most everything you need? Uh, so it's funny. Um, let's see. So I have zero emo beasts or tragic beasts um of course mm-hmm. uh zero scars the legendary scar um but i have pretty much everything below like super rare and below at this point they actually just the last chunk of them just arrived today so usually what i do is i buy a couple boxes a uh, trove or two if i can get my hands on them uh starter decks obviously and then kind of fill in the rest with singles but i haven't actually pulled the trigger on finishing the legendaries yet just because tragic beast is so expensive and it's weird because like I went to a draft yesterday for Rise of the Floodborne and I did the same thing, I guess, in December. And like actually then it was for uh, the first chapter, I think. And I already had a full set. So I'm like, wait, why did I come to a draft for this? Just to have fun, I guess. And same yesterday. <laughs> it's like, of course, didn't really get anything I need, but that's cool. Whatever. Mm-hmm. What about you guys? Well, oh, speaking of yeah. what we need, I love that you added the like incomplete toggle like i love what you've done with the collection tab it's really grown since you first implemented it 
Let's go. Um, I need a fairy godmother, uh, mystic armor. I need a purple dragon. I need four Donald Ducks, and I need three Alice's because I I had four, but I had to trade three for a tragic hero. It was more important to me to have the place out of those. So <laughs> that's where I'm at. How about you, Ben? Um, I've got one of everything at least. I think I'm actually, you know what? I think I'm missing Namari Morning Mist. I think that's the only card I'm missing. And that's a cheap one. Other than that, I've got uh, seven tragic hero beasts. Oh my gosh. Now I know why the prices are so high, I guess. (laughs) That's right. That's right. (laughs) Oh, actually, sorry. I got six because I traded away my foil one that I had a while back. I think uh, Scar is the only legendary that I don't have any of. I do have a foil tragic beast, but I don't have any non-foils yet. Um, but yeah, like actually, the collection page needs a lot of uh, updates too. You you're asking earlier, like other things that may be coming. You know, a lot of folks have brought up really good ideas about sorting, filtering, um, you know, different things. Maybe doing multiple sets at the same time. But there's a lot of stuff I want to do on that page still. So. When I find time. <laughs> <laughs> mm, mm-hmm. All right. Who All wants right. to go first? Oh, I'll, I'll crack. I'll go, go ahead. No, no, no. I, saw you, I saw you cracking. That's why I said, oh, jump in. <laughs> I need good pulls tonight, man. <laughs> Rise of the Floodborne has not been good to me lately. I, it went great when I first opened. I got some enchantments, but. Oh, you I covered the camera with the. Uh... <laughs> oh, I'm not used to. Oh, <laughs> he didn't want to see what he pulled. <laughs> I was, I was like, uh, was... <laughs> Arthur, Basil, Rapunzel, Doctor Facilier, Fidget, Charge, Tiana, True Princess. Cogsworth Talking Clock. Doc, leader of the Seven Dwarves. And. Oh, Well Hidden Archer. Starting nice. off with a legendary. And which means this next one will also be legendary. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And it's going to be a. Alice. Alice! I just nice. said I needed some of those. <laughs> All right, last one. A foil, Cruella de Vil, perfectly wretched, which is fine. But Alice, double legendary pack, that's wow. fire. Nice. All right. Hope you didn't uh, get all the luck. <laughs> yeah, who's, who's, who wants to follow that up? Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll okay. I'll, 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 I'll give it a go. Let's see. Ben opened a tragic hero last week, so if he doesn't pull, I don't feel bad for him. Yeah, my, <laughs> my luck's all dried up. Let's see, we got a. Where am I? There I am. Mulan Free Spirit. Chip the teacup. Oh, another Mulan Soldier in Training. I also got an Arthur. Also got a Basil. There's Hercules Hero in Training. Oh, Fairy Godmother here to help. Zero to hero. Good card. Oh, Nick Wild. 
this is Dragon Gem. I am curious yeah. to see if Dragon Gem has more potential in the future. We'll have to see. Selfless Protector Beast. It's a steel beast. It's a steel but beast, it's... but not the one I was after. <laughs> and a foil Merlin Squirrel. Ben? Yeah. Benny? Ben, what you got? What you got? All right, let's see. I was actually in a store today because I had to go and buy packs, and somebody played the Merlin Squirrel, and they called him Squirrelin. <laughs> and That's I love good. it. It's pretty good. All right, here we go. You can still buy packs. All of my stores have zero product. Oh, I mean, starter decks. I, That's it. I went into one store to buy a pack, and they were MSRP. And then on top of that, they had the box that had probably 10 packs left in it and then five boxes behind it. So not too bad. Uh, Owl, Sneezy, Fairy Godmother, Lady Tremaine, Gaston, Jafar, Blue Fairy, Sword in the Stone, Pacha, Ah, oh, Tuck Tuck. <laughs> uh, Namari Nemesis, not the right Namari. And a foil Basil. So somehow we all got Basil of Baker Street. Nice. <laughs> all right. Well, there's some some new cards. There's a ton of new cards. No way we could ever cover them all. But let's talk about some of these new cards coming out. All right. I want to talk about, right off the bat, released tonight, Gramatala, Spirit of the Ocean. Seven cost, inkable, sapphire, four strength, massive eight willpower, uh, shift five, two lore with the ability of, do you know who you are? Whenever a card is put into your inkwell, gain one lore. I mean, there's a lot of things you can do to gain one lore. What you think? Uh, yeah, there are. Uh, you mean like there's a lot of ways you can put cards in your inkwell? Is that what you're trying yeah, to say? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there, are, there are things you can do to gain one lore, like questing. Uh, questing. <laughs> putting things into your inkwell. Uh, attacking with Aladdin. <laughs> That's too uh, lore. Nope, doesn't count. Oh, it doesn't count. But. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's a cool card. This actually actually makes the one card very good. The uh, friend like me. Mm, Genie. Mm, mm -hmm. Gain three lore mm -hmm, for five. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's nice. It's uh, It's from anywhere. It doesn't say like. Whenever you play an ink or an ink from your hand or on your turn, um, anything like that. So it's just nice that, I mean, you can start letting go your own characters. <laughs> There's all kinds of possibilities. Hey, at the end of a game, you know, it, that, it could come down to something like that. Mm -hmm. I don't, I'm not saying that's a good play, but you know, <laughs> it's a little more punishing if your opponent wants to play a Hades or a let it go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Unless they just play it on Gramatala, in which case <laughs> mm -hmm. it's not punishing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't think it triggers off of its own. It's uh, it's interesting. Like I think when it was first revealed, folks were like 
a little bit going nuts on it or something. And it's like, first I was like, I don't know, like it's kind of expensive, you know, by the time I get that high, you know, if I'm getting up to seven ink or shifting for five, mm-hmm. like how many more times am I going to actually ink cards during a game before the game's over in a lot of cases? But the more I think about it, the more I'm also coming around to it because it's like, yeah, actually Sapphire can get to five usually pretty quickly, right? Turn three, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, it's definitely interesting. And I think what it, where it's going to really help out is kind of when you get into those situations where there's a lot of decks that can get to like 15 plus ink, but they can't quite close it out before the control deck turns things around. Mm-hmm. So this might give you kind of that backdoor strategy or something like the, the fallback plan. Um, so I don't know if I can build a deck around it, but I think it's a pretty good card by itself. Yeah, and I mean, it's got legs beyond its own ability, right? It's a 4-8 yeah. with two lore. Yeah. So that's just a nice bonus. Yeah. I, I kind of like the idea of uh, throwing this in with, like, the bell, where if you get over 10 ink, you're gaining 5 lore. Because I'm like, now you're gaining a lore every time you're putting one in. Bell lets you ink another card. So you're gaining at least 2 lore right off Gramatala. And then... As soon as that hits 10, you're just questing for five. If they don't get rid of Bell, if they do get rid of Bell, they didn't get rid of Tala probably. So, yeah, it's just hard. Like, yeah, she demands an answer. Like, which characters that demand answers are generally good, but also she costs seven. She is inkable, but she's got no, you know, no ward, no evasive. She's got a big butt. Eight. <laughs> Yeah, I like <laughs> she's uh, inkable though. Like that's actually kind of big. Like, I think uh, mm-hmm. I would probably play her in, in the right decks for sure. I think I would too. I think I would. I can see her going in a deck. Uh, I'm gonna give her on a, a one to five playability. Uh, give her a four. I think she's got some potential out there. I don't think she's a meta defining card, but. I, I would also give her a four. I think uh, I'm curious to see in the future, even beyond set three, like I don't think there's going to be anything too broken in set three with her, but I also wonder a year from now or you know, half dozen sets from now, are we going to see something wacky where you know, that ability just comes back to haunt us? Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. I'll also go four for playability. All right. And George, what would you give it for artwork? Here? Um, on, a, on a one to four? A one to five. Oh, I sorry, one to five. Yeah, I'd also give her, I think, a four on the artwork. That's what I'm going to say. And partly uh, that's because of some of the other artwork we've seen recently. Like they're up in their game. This is a, this is a very nice card, but I think we saw some surprising art today too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, I think four is probably about right. I do wish there was a a little more detail. A little more going on in the background. Um, but the glow off of her, whatever you want to call it, like magical shawl. Shawl. Uh, is pretty sweet. Pretty well done. Um, overall well done for sure. Ben? Uh, 4.15. <laughs> okay, so four. <laughs> Speaking of artwork that we saw today jafar striking illusionist a seven cost inkable amethyst villain sorcerer with four strength five willpower and one lore uh shift five evasive 
and power beyond measure. During your turn, while this character is exerted, whenever you draw a card, gain one lore. Well, if I'm going to gain lore for drawing cards or putting cards in my inkwell, I kind of like drawing cards more than putting cards in my inkwell. Mm -hmm. Although that's actually tough, you know, and when I say it out loud, I was going to make that argument, but it's easier to put cards in your inkwell than it is to draw cards. Uh, because like this has to be exerted. So your first draw of the turn, for sure not getting a trigger on that. Um, if you have a beast tragic hero, for sure not getting a trigger off of that. Mm. Um, so it has to be cards that after you've already exerted this. Um, the artwork's an absolute five. The serpent tongue coming down into the ink area is awesome. You tend to see... I feel like you can kind of see through that like ink banner sometimes. Um, but to see artwork kind of breaking out. And actually there's a lot of that in this set. Now I have to, now I'm second guessing myself. Was there a lot of that before? And I'm just kind of not paying attention. No, it's, it's new in this set. Yeah. Um, the artwork is, it's almost like an extended art card. Not fully, you know, we still got borders, but things are bleeding into the borders, which is really cool. Um, the snakes look awesome. His outfit is awesome. Uh, the the cow is perfect, uh, as Ben will surely explain here in a second. <laughs> um, complete five. Playability. I mean, you know, he, he's like, you know, you look at him right next to Grandma Tala, right? One less lore, three less willpower. He does have the evasive, and on a draw card, gain a lore. Eh, I don't really see it. I don't think he's that good. I'm going to give him like a two. <laughs> I just don't think this is what Amethyst needs. Amethyst is going, you know what I really need is a seven drop that could gain me a couple lore a turn, but doesn't really do anything to my opponent. I, I, uh, I'll i be the contrarian here. Um, okay. uh, by the way, definitely a five on the artwork. This is like, uh, I think you guys had Nicholas Cole on it. It's like, as he said on Twitter, like one of the like very hard art. Like, it's going hard, and I love it. Um, I, I Frankly, I wish they created kind of more art play mats, because I would buy this in a heartbeat. Um, yeah. So artwork, you know, a six out of five for me. Um, and the thing that I think for me probably makes this a five out of five in playability or scares me on the playability is the whole new world combo. Just because if you shift him onto another card, you can then turn around and sing a whole new world and suddenly you just gain seven more. Um, you know, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. Turn five potentially. So, that's a pretty big swing. Um, and if you, for the sake of argument, if you happen to draw another whole new world and your opponent hasn't taken care of Jafar by then, who's evasive, you may be able to swing for another seven lore next turn. So, uh, you know what? I'm back in four out of five. Yeah, like, <laughs> we got him. He's, I forgot about a whole new world. Uh, what's interesting about Jafar, he's actually kind of thrown me off my game a little bit because I had a little bit of a game plan where it's like, okay, I want to try Sapphire Amethyst. And after I saw this, I'm like, Oh, that amethyst steel is looking pretty good. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, no, he's like a five all the way around for me. Yeah, I mean, Zepha had already made a mill deck with amethyst and steel. 
using brooms to shuffle him back in. Now Jafar, you're gaining lore too. Ooh, Ooh. I don't know. There's there's something there. Ben, where are you at? All right, playability. It's it's the evasive that makes me want to just give him a five because I had thought of the whole new world. I had also thought of, um, you know, there's there's friends on the other side. If you just need a small, quick gain, just right off the bat, you could throw that down. If you don't have a whole new world yet, you might draw the whole new world. Friends doesn't cost much, and you're gaining lore at least off of it. Yeah, I think I think I'm gonna go with five, and then I'm gonna say Nicola Saviori, by far the best artist for any Jafar yet. This is the most beautiful Jafar. Everything is perfect. Like, oh, the evil face, the snakes, just everything. It's just like look at look at the hands even. They just, they look like claws. Like, it's just pure <laughs> evil Disney. The way it looks like one of the snake's tails, possibly, is kind of like wrapping around his waist, but it's, I don't think it's the snake's tail. I think it's just part of his outfit. But it just, it just looks perfect. Everything about this card, I love it. Um, That's a 5 out of 5. 10 out of 10. Freaking 10 out of 5, if I could. <laughs> um, Yeah, it's, it's fantastic, and I can't wait to, uh, see more of his work i know nicholas cole when we had him on two weeks ago he was he was talking about nicola and uh yeah it is it is definitely living up to the hype all right so one of the uh things i'm curious about is uh kind of uh, uh the potential to maybe pair him with emerald as well or even using your own Elsa to make sure he doesn't unexert at the start of your turn. So maybe you can draw and uh, gain some lore from your first turn, from your uh, uh, draw at the start of your turn, or from drawing it uh, from your tragic beast potentially. But I think the the emerald combo, like a friends on the other side, and to maybe an Ursula, which I think we'll talk about later, has some interesting combos too. It's funny that you bring up the Elsa because I definitely thought the same thing. Like, just exert him, leave him exerted. Using Elsa, we're not Elsaing our own Jafar <laughs> instead of interfering with our opponent's game plan. You both are you both gone. Crazy. <laughs> I'm bumping him back down to a three. <laughs> You've never been in that situation that. where your opponent didn't actually have two cards that you really wanted to exert it. There you go. You I mean, you got a You hold hero. on to her, right? Yeah. Not that I lost. I've never been in that position and lost. That's fair. <laughs> I don't think that the play that's going to put me over the edge is keeping my own Jafar exerted to gain an extra lore, <laughs> which then I'm not being able to quest with him. So I'm, it's net zero lore. It's a net zero lore. Not if you have Tragic Hero too. <laughs> okay. We've, got a couple, yeah. We've got yeah. him. Okay, I've got a Tragic Hero in play. I've got a Jafar and I've got an Elsa and I've won because of the Jafar. Yeah, 100%. That's, that's what, that's what You've already sung two Holy Worlds, so yeah. <laughs> sure. sure. <laughs> uh, you know, you brought her up. Speaking of Ursula Deceiver of all, 
who is a three cost inkable uh emerald dreamborn villain sorcerer with two strength three willpower and one lore and what a deal when this character sings a song you may play that song again from your discard for free then put it on the bottom of your deck wow and you want to talk about a five out of five this is a five out of five this card is fire i'm just thinking of all the great things that can be sung twice you mentioned friends on the other side now you're drawing four cards hypnotize your opponent's discarding two you're drawing two wait is hypnotize no hypnotize is not a song sudden chill is a song hypnotize is not a song dang it um you know we got your steel dealing damage songs uh what else do we have what else do we have boys bear necessities new amber card mm-hmm. to choose and discard two cards from your opponent's hand oh um, yeah i think okay. a big combo could be the bibbity bobbity boo with uh bouncing things a few times for some interesting effects uh, there's some fun shenanigans i think we can get up to with this um she's uh she's a uh, probably a five for me too the she's inkable which is something you don't see very often in emerald so i appreciate that um I'm curious to see if we ever see like a singer plus something to get her able to sing bigger songs because, uh, but still three, three cost is not bad. So, um, yeah, I think she's very playable. Uh, she's probably going into most of my Emerald decks, frankly. So, yeah. Ursula is just a really standout character this set mm-hmm. because we also have the Ursula, is it lets you get rid of uh, a song card out of your opponent's hand the deceiver i love that and then now the deceiver of all uh very happy with what ursula is bringing to the table yeah i don't know it's not something we're going to talk about i don't think but i've seen the art for the uh ursula sea witch like that's another fire artwork card oh yeah five out of five yeah, yeah ursula sea witch is awesome yeah. and we can talk about it uh three cost uninkable Amethyst, Dreamborn, Villain, Sorcerer, three strength, three willpower, and one lore. Whenever this character quests, shows an opposing character can't ready at the start of their next turn. I think it's decent. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. The value's there. Three, three, that overexerts an opponent's character. I like it. Back to, I'll quickly give Ursula, oh, I gave her the five. Uh, the artwork here on the Deceiver of All, I also give a five. Uh, the, these little touches that the, the like conch shell she's holding dips up into the top black border a little bit. Her hair breaks into the border a little bit. Uh, the, the one, uh, tentacle comes down into the ink border. I just love what they're doing there. Is that, is it just the legendaries they're doing that on? Now that I think about it. I think so. I think so. Yeah. This is a new legendary feature. Mm. Little touch where the legendaries extra. can break out a little bit of their frame. <laughs> You'd say it's almost like uh, the uh, ink is running, you know, no, coming right off the that. card. <laughs> no, and, and then the uh, I guess the enchanteds when they fully broke out, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. That's right. I uh, 
I give the Deceiver of All a 4 out of 5 on the art just because I was blown away by the, the, the Sea Witch version, I think, just a few days earlier. Um, who's a 5 out of 5 for me So on the artwork? Um, but I like this one too, and uh, I, I also appreciate the frame breaks very much. Uh, I'd also give the Sea Witch a 5 out of 5 on art. Playability, it's not going to be a 5 no. for me. No. Um, I'd say a 3. Same. Ben? Deceiver of all, I love. I've been uh, looking at ways that I can make it work. And then Ursula Sea Witch, another John Lauren fantastic art. He just, uh, okay. this guy, John Lauren, he don't miss. I'm going to say it. He does not <laughs> miss. And uh, yeah, I, I absolutely love it. It is fantastic. The only thing I would say is I would love to see like, the tentacle style on the John Lawrence sea witch on the deceiver of all instead. Cause the deceiver of all ones are kind of a bit more sharp. Whereas this one gives me kind of a slimy, I don't know there. It feels like there's like a texture to them. Just looking at them. Well, here, let me explain that. The one deceiver of all is in the water. Exactly. So it's going to look quite different than being above water. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. One of the things interesting about kind of both the Ursula and the Jafar is like folks see this amazing artwork and they suddenly jump to the, uh, oh, that must be one of the enchanted cards. But it's like, to me, they're completely independent. Like, it would be kind of weird to pick the best art card and then say, that's the one we're going to give you an alternate art artwork for. Like, I agree. Like, mm -hmm. please pick something mm -hmm. that doesn't have as great art in the standard card as the chase for the enchanted. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, you want to blow people away with the Enchanted, right? So if it's like, if the base version is arguably better, I don't know if that's the look they want. Uh, you know, and to be fair, Honey Wizard did not get an Enchanted card, so. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> not that anybody <laughs> thought it would, but. <laughs> at least you got the playmat. I didn't get a playmat. I didn't either. Did you get one? I got one as a gift. Ooh. Son of, uh, that's it. <laughs> no that's cool that's awesome uh, a gift for somebody else but i'm using the beast play map personally but yeah <laughs> i'm using the uh mickey still oh nice which is a great play map. i couldn't get any but... of the set one play maps so <laughs> i'm i'm hoping to get a play map because the lgs i was playing at just has play mats on all the tables but i don't know if the new place does or if i'm gonna have to bring my own so We'll see. You're divorcing your old LGS and no, it's for a new one, huh? It's it's the whole weekend play versus weeknights. I hear you. I hear you. I mean, weeknights is when I play. Mm -hmm. Um, I gotta start getting some weekends off so I can go to some of these bigger tournaments though, because you're not gonna have. There's just not gonna be a big 1K tournament in the middle of the week, and no. I mean, it wouldn't work anyways. Like you need time. Mm -hmm. Not like after work. So I got to figure that out. Well, since we were on the uh, topic of Enchanteds, do we want to talk about the only Enchanted that any of us know about yet? Sure. Okay. All right. Go ahead, Ben. We got Peter Pan Pirate's Bane. He is a six cost inkable. Ruby, four strength, five willpower, shift four with evasive, two lore, and the ability... 
You're next. Whenever he challenges a pirate character, this character takes no damage from the challenge. Confirmation pirates are good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> pirates were so good they needed a counter card. <laughs> the thing that doesn't make sense to me, Peter Pan pirates Bane, he's wearing a pirate's outfit. <laughs> he's a floodborne hero, but he's not a pirate. You can still be a good guy and a pirate. Come on. Obviously not. I think that's been made very clear. Oh, what about Captain Jack Sparrow? Bad guy. Bad guy? Good guy. Uh, he's a criminal, Ben. And people who <laughs> break the law are bad. Uh, what about the East, the East India Trading Company in that movie? They're the real bad guys. Okay, listen. I don't really <laughs> know the whole ins and outs. It's been... A long time since I've watched <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean. But they're bad. They're bad. They're likable bad. You can like bad guys. There's nothing wrong with liking bad guys. I like Al Capone. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, you can be picking a lesser of evils too. They can both be bad guys, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Pretty much all bad guys. Like like Disney property Deadpool. <laughs> the lesser of um, evils. <laughs> You know, normally, I, I just got to say the artwork here is tremendous. I love that it's this like watercolor style, I would call it like this. It truly feels like a painting, mm-hmm. like a big canvas painting that you would see. And the lighting work they've done. Very nice. The I don't know even like what the background is. Like, is that a big volcano in the background or? I think it's part of the ship because you can see the lantern right next part to the, the six. Oh, it's part of the boat. Because he's like okay. he's like sitting on like the deck right near where the steering wheel would be. So oh, that's like I see the, the lantern part now. Yeah, I didn't go up that high. Okay, something on the boat. It's a boat. Very interesting artwork with the red sky because it's a ruby card. Mm-hmm. I give the artwork a five out of five just for being such a departure from everything we've seen. Mm-hmm. Very, very bold, brave move to go with something like this. Um, As for the playability, a evasive two lore for six doesn't impress me much. Uh, One out of five. Ouch. I don't know why, but every time I hear you say doesn't impress me much, the only thing I can think of is Shania Twain. I mean, that is who I'm stealing it from. Mm. Fair enough. Yeah. Doesn't impress me much. I think uh, depending on how, you know, the pirate decks play out, maybe better. But I, at this point, I wouldn't go much over like a two out of five on the playability. Um, the artwork is, yeah, really unique. And it feels like, like you said, like the, the character positioning is great. The light and dark play is great. Like, really nice artwork and kind of as a digital painting but one of the challenges i have is like the uh non-enchanted version of this card artwork is also great because it has that pairing with the captain hook artwork which is Mm -hmm. just really cool to see so i'm gonna give it a four and a half out of five on the artwork because just because it's competing with another really cool piece of artwork for the alternate okay okay um well for me gonna go right off track here to me it feels like he's sitting on the boat and this is like him lost in thought after i don't know 
a battle with Captain Hook and it's like painted by Wendy or something. It's like a portrait that, you know, you know, when like kings and queens and stuff get their self portrait painted and they hang it up somewhere. That's what it feels like to me. Like, it's absolutely beautiful. I love everything about this art. Uh, yeah, it's. If I could go higher than a five, I would, because this is actually my Chase Enchanted. Wow, not even knowing any of the other Enchanteds. It's already a Chase. I know. There's only only one other card that could become my Chase Enchanted. That would be Robin Hood. Oh, no. Two other cards. I forgot about about Robin (laughs) Hood for a second. I was going to say Jim Hawkins. Uh, Oh. There's still 30 cards we haven't seen. We don't even know all the characters in this. Now you're in trouble. If there's a Jim Hawkins, a Peter Pan, and Robin Hood, and then just to top it off, they're like, hey, by the way, those 30 cards we have left, one of them's Powerline, and we made an Enchanted. I'm just done. I'm just done. (laughs) I'm going to start signing over my paychecks right over to Robinsberger. How dare you forget about Robin Hood? It's just a moment of weakness. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> wait so what were you giving the playability on this sorry uh playability is just a two because like pirates would have to be absolutely phenomenal pirates would have to be like not even like like george or surreal said earlier not even the fact that they would have to be phenomenal but similar to the amethyst ruby deck they would just have to be overplayed and if you saw pirates at every single game maybe you build a deck with peter pan in it but the chances of that happening, I don't know. I personally see something like locations mixed with that Jafar happening a lot more. You know, one thing I will say about him, at least he's an inkable answer. I feel like a lot of the cards we've seen that target like a specific subsect of characters like villains or whatever are always uninkable. Mm-hmm. So I do enjoy seeing an answer that's inkable. So, oh, I'm not playing pirates. I'll just put it in my ink wall. Mm-hmm. But I still don't think he's very good. Yeah, yeah. But I totally appreciate uh, the, the ink ability too. And it's like you know, like Benny's saying, like imagine we had a card that said every time your opponent bounces a card to your hand, you know, there's some downside to that. Like that could have twisted the meta. And so yeah, if pirates were to ever become meta, like a ruby steel pirate deck or something, this could keep it in check. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm not going over two yet. Uh, the Queen's Castle. Mirror Chamber, a four-cost inkable amethyst location with seven willpower, one move cost, two lore, and using the mirror. At the start of your turn, for each character you have here, you may draw a card. I have to admit, this feels very good. Seven willpower is a lot. Four is expensive, but it's not crazy. Um, and even just surviving one turn, you get two lore off of it. Hopefully you have some shenanigan to move something there right away. You get a card draw as well. But uh, uh, let's see, I'll go straight in and I'll give the first rating here. It's okay. Um, let me give it a four out of five. I think this is a pretty sweet location. If locations are good, I feel like this has got to be one of the good ones. 
That's that four on the playability or the artwork? Uh, that's on the playability. Uh, the artwork here, mm, it's pretty rad. There's a lot of small detail in there. But I'm, just, you know what? I'm just gonna go with the four as well. It's not, it's not my favorite art. Um, maybe it's part of I don't know. Is this the Queen's Castle? Like the Queen? I don't even know where it is. Yeah, it's like the evil Queen, like mirror, mirror on the wall. The evil Queen. Oh, that makes sense. Or sorry, magic mirror, magic mirror on the wall. Is that supposed to be? Is that a door? Is that supposed to be the mirror? The magic mirror? It's the yeah. chamber, so I'm assuming it's the mirror, the magic mirror, yeah. Uh, yeah, see. Mm. Nah, nah, I'm bumming it down to a three. <laughs> I don't love it. So I'm I'm gonna give it a five on playability. Um but Straight to the five. Yeah, it's I mean it's inkable, it's got two lore, seven willpower, like it's gonna survive a Maui. Like you're basically One of the few. Yeah, you're you're basically getting two lore from it. Like, unless we see some, I mean, maybe if you pair it with multiple things, it can be, or sorry, if somebody pairs a couple things against you, they can take it out. But otherwise, that's probably surviving a turn. Um, yeah, and like just a low move cost, one move cost, and you get to draw a card for each character there. So like later in the game, if I have you know, whatever, seven, eight ink, and I have two, three, four characters on board, I can play it, move three characters there, and if it's not answered quickly, I'm I'm drawing a bunch. So I like it a lot. Um yeah, I don't see much downside to, to playing it at all in Amethyst. Um for the artwork, I, I like that they've kind of integrated some of the designs we see with a lot of the kind of great illuminary designs and stuff like that. So that's mm -hmm. cool. I like the glowing columns and the, the mirror itself kind of glowing. So I'm going to go with a four out of five on the artwork. because I think it's really pretty. Ben? Okay. Okay. Um, my only downside to this is it doesn't work with Jafar. Because it's at the start of your turn. Unless you Elsa your own Jafar. Unless you Elsa <laughs> your own Jafar. We've come full circle. I can't have you guys in the same room this time. <laughs> um, but yeah, I like that you can easily move a lot of your characters here and prepare for the next turn just so you can draw as many cards as you want. Two lore, really cheap cost. Yeah, I'll give it a I'll give it a four for playability, artwork. I'm gonna go with like a three point seven two. Very exactly. <laughs> he always likes to do that. On <laughs> like it's just to troll me. I feel like. By the way, uh, if we if we ever see like a bodyguard equivalent for locations, I think some of these locations are going to be just awesome. Like if you can actually oh, they protect go, them. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. like, yeah. I call it's going to be fantastic. But yeah, I called that out on uh, Citizens of Lorcanus podcast. I said, wait till the Sentinel ability comes out, where they're just guarding the door. Okay, you weren't the first one to talk about bodyguards for locations. But okay. okay. <laughs> uh, we have this other legendary card. Hydra Lethal Snake. Six cost ruby character with six strength, five willpower, and two lore. And watch the teeth. 
When this character is dealt damage, deal the same amount of damage to chosen opposing character. You know, it is uninkable. I don't think I mentioned that in the beginning. But wow, this is nasty. I'm a fan. I'm in. What are you going to play with it? It doesn't matter. It's just a good card. Like, it doesn't need another card to be a good card. That's what, and that's the sign of a good card. I'm saying, do like, you, I just play this. You play Teeth and, and what, Ambitions? Quest? No. What are you talking about, Ben? Teeth and Ambitions, no, right? I, you get to do four damage this. now to an opposing character. So? No, Ben, I'm not worried about that. Okay. I'm playing this character, and then on my next turn, I'm either questing for two, or I'm swinging into a threat, and I'm just feeling good about whatever decision I made. Because unless they come out and play a removal card on it, they're going to have to challenge in, and I'm going to get at least a two-for-one, where now I'm taking five and getting to deal five to something completely else and six to the thing that challenged into it. Uh, this is uh, this this demands an answer that's not a challenge, you know. Well, I think I mean I think the version we're seeing in Italian. Uh, I'm not sure the exact translation, but I think it's any damage dealt to it gets uh, redirected. So even if it was hit with uh, direct damage, a smash. I think, yeah, yeah. I think no. I believe you're correct. It, yeah. I believe you're correct. I didn't even get into that side of it yet. Yeah. Right. Smash. Any any steel direct damage. Boom. Mm. Now it's going somewhere else. This is unbelievably interesting. Um it's uninkable. I'm still gonna give it a five. I like this card. It's six cost uninkable. I almost never give a five, and I'm probably wrong to do so here, <laughs> but I'm doing it anyways. What do you think of the art? Uh, I really like this art. Uh, love all the heads. We've got, what, six heads here currently? Uh, I love, uh, again, the, you know, I am noticing now that it's a legendary feature, this set, but we've got some some frame break going on. Uh, I don't know why I love that so much, but I do. The, there's this sword coming completely off frame. The sword just cutting in from another card. Hopefully, I don't know if there's a matching card or not, but that'd be pretty funny. A matching Hercules. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a, a sweet piece of art. Uh, could be maybe a little more in terms of like not just a red background. But even still, giving it a five. I'm I'm with you on the art. I love the the probably Hercules sword frame break on it, and you know you know right away, you know what the character is just looking at the artwork. And I'm also hoping very much that there is a matching card similar to that kind of Hook Peter Pan combo. That'd be just so cool. Um, in terms of uh, the playability of it, it's really. <laughs> interesting like because you know if you hit this with a maui for the sake of argument right you're just gonna find you you killed my hydra but i'm doing six damage to something of yours right um and 
almost any way they take it out, they're going to pay a pretty hefty price if they have anything else on board in terms of characters. So I totally get why it's uninkable. Um, you know, I think Ben was talking earlier about like, what about teeth and ambitions? Yeah, sure. I think even, you know, some folks were talking about pairing this with Ursula and getting to sing teeth and ambitions twice, I think is the, the play maybe. And like, okay, you do five, four damage to your character, but you're also doing four damage to other things. Then you can still challenge into something or get challenged into and still do additional damage to whatever it is you're challenging into. So I think, uh, you can definitely take out a lot. Uh, I'm with you. Six cost uninkable. I don't know if I can give a five. So I'm going to give it a four and a half on playability, but I very well could be wrong too. So maybe it's a five. Now, I don't know. Now, George, I'm going to hold your feet to the fire here. I have a rule. You can, <laughs> you can give half ratings on artwork. I don't care. Okay. But on playability, you get a four. You're going for a four. I'm okay. going for the four. Uh, I again, I could very much easily be wrong, but I'm going to go with a four. Okay. Okay. Uh, and, and not just to say, I don't. I'm not saying playing teeth and ambitions on this is bad. By any yeah, means, yeah. it's good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying you don't need another card to make this good. It stands alone. Hundred uh, percent. Yeah. Short of like a Lady Tremaine or you know going to your Inkwell type removal, like this is taking something with it. But at that cost, you know, you're almost a be prepared type cost, and et cetera. So it's like, yeah, I, I'm still going for it. That's fair. Ben? Uh, I like the sword coming in from the side. Mm, 3.6 for art. And playability. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, four. Keep it keep it quick and easy. <laughs> All right. One other one I just felt like I really wanted to talk about is Genie Supportive Friend. A four-cost uninkable amethyst ally with three strength, five willpower, and one lore, and three wishes. When this whenever this character quests, you may shuffle this card in your deck to draw three cards. I'm in. Uh, I'm in for five out of five. Love it. Uh, that's for the playability, just to be clear. And uh, just to be clear, I'll also give it a five for artwork. Love the artwork here. The one, the two, the three, all <laughs> having like spotlights on them. Uh, this is just classic genie, classic right out of the way I remember him from the movie. Uh, Coney did a very beautiful uh, rendition here of the genie pays true respect to the original uh, artwork and I love it. That's what I got to say about that. I got to say, I love the, just the theming of it, like the three wishes and, you know, drawing three cards. It's like just the, the kind of flavor there is awesome. In this card. Exactly. Yeah. And the, uh, I mean, the card itself is fantastic, especially paired with that Jafar. You know, it's like, okay, I'll, game three lore and draw three cards sure um so i like the card a lot the uninkability and the fact that, like you're, you're basically sacking or re reshuffling into your deck the character i'm gonna go four out of five on the playability but in the right deck yeah it's a must include i think um the artwork is interesting because like on the surface like the artwork for me is like a four out of five um but that one, two, three, like 
it's so hard to kind of uh, take the the flavor and the the skill of the card and integrate it into the artwork of the card itself. And like you were saying earlier, like like Connie did a great job of actually doing that in this piece. So um, mm-hmm. I'm going to give it a four and a half out of five on the artwork. Okay. okay. And I'm allowed to because it's the artwork. <laughs> That's right. That's right. No, hey, I, didn't, I said nothing. I said nothing. <laughs> um. Ben? Yeah, I don't know. That's the thing that kind of holds me back on wanting to give it more is the fact that you're basically sacking it into your own deck. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be the one off here. I'm gonna go three. Well, okay. I mean, you're gaining a lore. Just... If you mix it with Jafar, you're gaining four lore, and you're drawing three. Ah, you know what? <sighs> Ah, I'm like right in between there. I'm like, yeah, but yeah. I mean, you pay three to play friends on the other side to gain two cards. This you're gaining an extra card and an extra lore. Okay, 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 fine. Four. Quick your mind. Friends is inkable and it's singable. Mm-hmm. You're right. You're comparing the wrong card. The card you should be think comparing this to is Rabbit. Because okay. Rabbit is also a four-cost uninkable card that draws you a card when it enters play and draws you another card when it leaves play. So it gets you two cards. Okay. Um, and, it, you know, maybe it's back in your hand to play again. But maybe it's not. Maybe it just died. It's a 2-3... Uh, versus a three-five that gets you okay. three cards. Okay. I think this is better than Rabbit, and Rabbit saw play. Yeah, you know what? Fair enough. Um, this does have to quest. Rabbit, you're getting the trigger no matter what, so it's not directly better. Mm-hmm. But I just, I don't know. I feel something about this card. Like, well, maybe I don't quest right after I play it. Maybe I challenge something first because it's a three-five. And then if it's still around the turn after, then I'll quest and draw three cards. Mm-hmm. Or if not, well, then I got to get rid of something and they removed it. I got rid of removal and getting rid of removal with the four cost character does feel good because most removal costs five. Let it go. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So that's, 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 that's my case for it. You gave it a three, you gave it a four. I think there's some potential here with genie support and friend. <laughs> Okay, okay. I'll give it a four. Hold on. Uh, no, no, you gave it a three. You don't get to change now. <laughs> well, I mean, I was changing before you even came in. Um, all right, all right. I mean, I've changed my own. The flavor, the flavor behind it is what I love. With the three wishes, the, like you guys said, the one, two, three in the background for the artwork. I love all that. But the idea that whenever this character quest, shuffle it back into your deck, draw three cards... It's like you get the three wishes, but what happens after you get three wishes from a genie? Genie disappears. Back in the bottle. Boom. <laughs> so it's just, Plant. it's absolutely perfect in that aspect. Yeah. Yeah. Just, the, the theme is done very well. Like the ability that they chose to give the genie done very well. The artwork goes very well with the theme mm-hmm. and with the ability. The whole card just comes together very nicely. And I also think it'll be a good card. Yeah, it's definitely, uh, it's, it's, you know. yeah, definitely a good card. I mean, like, especially imagine late game, 
you guys have all been in that situation, right? Where it's kind of mid-late game and you're just drawing off the top of your deck. And uh, mm-hmm. this is one of those things where it's like, if you happen to have it on the board, yeah, quest it, sacrifice it, or shuffle back into your deck. And hey, I got options now. I can ink something. I can play something. I still have a card left probably. So um, yeah. yeah. I do want to point out he's a four cost. And the Jafar, if you shift him, is a five cost, which means he's coming out ready to quest i mean you can't quest the jafar unfortunately well you could if you shift him yeah there you go yeah. you quest the jafar you quest this bing bang boom you got five lore you just gained three cards or or you sing the whole new world then you uh quest there, you need to draw three more there you go oh god george is part of team convoluted combos <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> I absolutely am, yeah. <laughs> here I just want to evaluate a card on its own merit, and then here comes Ben with, oh, we need the Jafar, too. And then and then right on cue, George says, don't forget to sing a whole new world first. <laughs> well, imagine this. Like, okay, I sing the whole new world. I quest the genie, and I'm just increasing my chances of getting another whole new world because I've drawn basically 10 cards at that point. Yeah, draw 10, gain 10 lore. Yeah. Well, actually, you gained 12 lore. Whew, game's almost done. I mean, at that point, I'd hope that the game is done. I mean, probably if you have an exerted Jafar and you play a whole new world, your opponent probably just scoops. I don't know. <laughs> Turn five scoop. <laughs> I mean, I imagine you probably aren't at zero lore going into that situation. Yeah. But yeah, the genie gives you one, seven from the draw, eight, and then three more, 11. And then if you get lucky, pretty close. Dang. Well, that is not all the cards that have been revealed, but there's only so much time in an evening. So hopefully we got to cover some stuff that you guys wanted to hear about. Uh, If there are some cards you want us to talk about that we did not get to today, definitely send us a tweet at overexertedcast. Um, George, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a real pleasure chatting with you. Uh, we'd definitely love to have you on again. Um, besides Dreamborn Inc., uh, where can people find you? Um, where can they find me? Uh, let's see, uh, first off, you know, thank you guys. Like, uh, frankly, the 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 name of the podcast alone really resonates with me as an overexerted dad. Um, I appreciate you guys, you know, inviting me on and kind of producing these things every week. And um, I know it takes a lot of work, so so thank you. Um, where can you find me? The Discord, the official Discord, the, the uh, HQ Discord, the kind of older one. We have our own Discord. I'm on Twitter as Dreamborn Inc. Um, but yeah, and if folks, you know, have ideas or things they want to see, feel free to reach out. Sorry that I only have so much time in a day, so I can't get to everything. I'm trying my best, but yeah, thank you guys. Yeah. Well, we really appreciate all the work you're doing for the community too. Yeah, for sure. Help this guy out. Buy him a coffee on on his website. <laughs> <laughs> Make him a little less overexerted. Um, yeah, over overexerted and over caffeinated, frankly. <laughs> is is there an option to buy you a coffee on there? Bottom right oh, corner. Yeah. yeah. Bottom right coffee cup. Look at that. All right. I'm born with caffeine. <laughs> <laughs> well. Thank you for tuning in and venturing out with us on this magical journey. Check us out on Twitter and Instagram at OverexertedCast. Have a great week, and we hope you'll join us again soon. Have a great week, everyone.